Good evening. We are glad you're here tonight. We're going to get started. Hope you had a great meal downstairs. That was enjoyable, wasn't it? That was good stuff. Appreciate everyone who brought that. We certainly enjoyed that together. We're looking forward to doing something like it, a little different though for Christmas, but we'll let you know more about that when we get closer. Just a couple announcements tonight, let you know our last Missions Month Sunday is next Sunday, and in the evening service, the RCs will be with us. We've been supporting them for many, many years from Venezuela, and we look forward to having them in our evening service as well. The following Sunday, November 5th, it's not only Time Change Sunday, but also it's our evening service will be given over to our small groups, and they'll give me reports like we've done the last couple of years about uh, all the missions work they've been able to do together. And so that's coming up the next two uh, Sundays, and hope you can make it out on those evenings for that special time. We're going to begin with a word of prayer. We have some video updates that we're going to be giving tonight and praying for them. We're, Mitch Glazer, by video, is going to share his testimony, and uh, we're going to worship with some songs and, uh, and just think about tonight and thank God for all that he's doing through our missionaries here at Faith Baptist Church. But before we do that, we're going to begin with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for allowing us to come together tonight and enjoy all the different kinds of food that we're able to eat together. Thank you for the fellowship and the sweet bond we have together all because of Jesus. We ask tonight as we just hear the updates of some of our missionaries and the work that they're doing and how you're using them. And Lord, it's a great thing, a blessed thing that we could partner with them and most of all with you. Continue to use us in the mission until Jesus comes, for it's in his name we pray. Amen. We're going to worship. You don't need to sing tonight, but this is a song about the unfinished task of missions.
In 1999, Faith Baptist Church had its first trip to Haiti. Um, that was with Vilot Castor and the youth pastor at that time, which was Kevin Stiles. And we sent money with them, and they went to a small village called Jododen, and they helped to have a basketball court built so that the village could uh, encourage young people to come to the church and to minister to them like we have our outreaches for our kids in, in VBS and in Awana. In 2000, I went to, to Haiti with Vilat, Greg Brewer, and Rob Therese to meet Pastor Dufar and to see how Faith Baptist Church could stand alongside their ministry and, and be of help. And at that time, uh, the biggest need that they had was a school building. And Faith Baptist Church took on that responsibility and funded, over the next seven years, the construction of a three-story school building. During that time, Pastor Rennell, who you see in the picture there with his family, um, was being mentored under Pastor Dufar, and he would walk every Sunday, 
Tuesdays and Thursdays up to the top of the mountain in Frio to do church services and Bible studies on top of the mountain. After 13 years, he became the senior pastor. We've been with that ministry now since 1999. Um, and uh, we have a short video right from Haiti. Pastor Rennell. Good evening, everyone. I'm Pastor Rennell. The pleasure is mine to speak with you today. I want to congratulate you for the good work you are doing all over the world for the glory of God. Thank you very much for all the nation you have already sent to my country, especially in Jordan and Belleville and Flio and Deba. I worked hardly under the leadership of Pastor Difa for 13 years so that we could develop of all those churches. Mm -hmm. That experience I had with him according to continue to work in Jean Dodin for 13 years more as the senior pastor of the church. So, after 26 years in Jordan, I received the goal call to go to Cavaillon to work. Cavaillon is a very, very difficult zone where Everything is de destroyed during the August 14, 2021 by earthquake. Now, now that where I work with my family, I am asking you to continue help me pray so that work continue forward. I thank you for all donations you have always sent for the work, the ministry, and my family. I hope you have received me with joy and the love of God. May my God continue to bless you with the Lord of God. Uh, it was Pastor Renel, your friend, and the love of God. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just, I just want to add uh, that their ministry is mission-minded because when we went there, there was Frio. And I remember sleeping at night and hearing voodoo drums at a place called Bellevue. And a year or so later, when I went back, they had uh, near Bear Cornet, who was being uh, raised up in the church in Jordan, to go out to Bellevue and establish a church there. 
And the next time we went, I didn't hear voodoo drums. And we have a ministry in Bellevue. Um, so now we had Jordan as a home church. We had Frio up on top of the mountain. And then we had Bellevue. Then they went down to Deba, and Pastor Walker was at Deba. Melissa Gutterson, at that time Melissa Gutterson, was at Deba. Um, Jen Fort was at Deba, and now they have constructed a large church. And, th- and that's a very strong Catholic area, but now we have, you know, the gospel being preached in Deba. And then more recently, Kailope is another place where we went. With, I think uh, uh, Dave LeBois was with us, and we stood in the cornfield holding hands and praying. And then Dave... Uh, Pastor Crompton, he went with us, and there's a church there now. And so anyhow, uh, Jean Rodin, Pastor Rennell, Pastor DeFar, they're mission-minded. Um, the other missionary that we're going to have a video tonight on, we started supporting in April of um, 2006. So for 17 years, um, Nathan Arce and his family um, in Venezuela. Nathan Arce is the third-generation missionary in Venezuela, um, it was his father and his grandfather who were there, and he continues that work, and he'll be here this Sunday. Nathan Arce. Venezuela was once the richest country in Latin America. It has the largest known oil reserves in the world, and its democratic government was once praised worldwide. But today, Venezuela's democratic institutions and its economy are in shambles. The country has the highest inflation rate in the world, making food and medicine inaccessible to most Venezuelans. Over the last four years, its GDP has fallen 35%, which is a sharper drop than the one seen during the Great Depression in the U.S. And the country's murder rate has surpassed that of the most dangerous cities in the world. But instead, the opposite has happened. Maduro has consolidated his power, bringing the country closer to authoritarian rule. We are the Arce family, missionaries in Venezuela. Venezuela is a beautiful country, known for its vast riches and resources, but also a country with the highest inflation rate in the world. A country whose people are leaving in exile all around the world, and the country isn't even at war. For 14 years, God allowed us to serve up in the mountains of Sanare. a humble place where we start the Open Door Baptist Church. Now this is a ministry that have worked within the community through the Feed the Children ministry. We have served the hospitals, preaching the gospel to doctors, to nurses, to patients. We have also helped the need, the ones that are homeless, the people in extreme poverty, by providing clothes and shoes and all kinds of donations that we receive from churches and families and friends that want to help out. This ministry up in Sanare have also been a training center for Venezuelan people. They have surrendered for full-time ministry and they are now serving the Lord as missionaries overseas as well as national pastors. They are now taking on and carrying on the ministry. Mid-2020s, God allowed our whole family to relocate to the city of Barquisimeto. It is the fourth largest city in Venezuela. And uh, we began visiting several national pastors and their churches, preaching, uh, being invited over. And uh, the question started arising, what was the greatest success you had working up in Sanare? 
And uh, we had discovered, we realized as we worked in Tanare that to have a strong church, you have to have strong families. And to have strong families, you need to have strong marriages. And uh, marriages are under attack a lot in our churches. So I was encouraging pastors to establish strong marriages and work with the couples. So I got invited a lot with my wife to go and teach marital seminars. But then we began encouraging pastors to go a little further than that. And that it was to, to disciple the couples, to work with the couples, not only before they got married, but even after they got married, several years into marriage, to invest time in preparing them how to be husbands, how to be wives, according to the Bible. And as we did this, and as we, we taught pastors and invested in their churches, God started to lay a burden on a specific area of the city of Barquisimeto to start a new church plant. We started Bible studies around the city. And we did them in garages and patios and front porches of different church members until God provided a place where we now call and gather as Anchor Baptist Church. We have improved our property little by little as the church has grown faster than we anticipated. What is our greatest need right now? Our greatest need right now is more room. We're thankful the church has grown a lot faster than we expected, and that is because of God's grace. But the children's classes are all crammed, and the teenagers have started to grow quite fast. So we're praying to, be, to build five new Sunday school classes, large rooms that will serve for church on Sunday, but also for the Bible Institute we want to start next year, a place where we can train the men and women that God is calling to the ministry. There are still so many places without churches in Venezuela. So our desire is to serve God, helping national pastors to receive proper training, to help out uh, leaders and Sunday school teachers to be well prepared to serve and to answer the call that God is giving them to go around Venezuela or around the world preaching the gospel. Don't stop praying for the ministry in Venezuela and for the incredible opportunity that God has given us as a family to serve and to remain in a country that is so hungry for the gospel. Only Christ is the hope for the Venezuelan people, the hope for salvation, and the hope for lives to be transformed. So with your help and with your prayers, our family can continue to serve the Lord for many more years. We just want to say thank you. Thank you for loving us throughout these years. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for giving so that we can go and do what God has called us to do. God bless you. At this time, let's bow our heads and hearts in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're reminded from Scripture how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those that bring good news, that proclaim peace. We are thankful to be able to stand alongside the RCs and Pastor Rennell in their ministries both in Venezuela and Haiti. We continue to pray for their protection. We pray for their provision. We pray that they continue to have passion to serve you. We are reminded that 
There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And we just pray that they both continue to rightly divide the word of truth. Look for open doors. Look for those opportunities to share the good news so that the love of God may be made manifest in the lives of those that they reach. And we just pray that in the precious name, the wonderful name, the beautiful name of Jesus, whom having not seen, we all love. Amen. We have supported Mitch Glazer, who was just here uh, for a long time, many, many years. You know that he is the president and has been for 26 years at Chosen People's Ministry. And he's been sending us updates recently on all the things that are taking place in Israel, how that's impacting their mission and all that they're doing there. Uh, so continue to pray for him. We know a lot of things about him and his ministry, but one thing you may not know about him is who he was and what he was like before he became a Christian and it's interesting to hear his testimony tonight. You can get to know him a little bit better. But you'll be able to see that God can do the impossible because he saved Mitch Glazer. So we're going to watch his testimony right now. We were going to do one last drug deal. It kind of went, went badly. One of the guys was yelling, just kill him now. And the other one says, no, we got to get the rest of the drugs. No, let's just torch the place. You haven't felt anything till you felt the cold steel of a sawed-off shotgun against your neck. I'm an unlikely person to believe in Jesus. I grew up going to my grandparents' home and, and seeing pictures of relative after relative that had died at the hands of Hitler, and in the Jewish mindset, they had died at the hands of Christians. And I felt like Jesus and Christianity was, was my enemy. I was raised in a traditional Jewish home in New York City. I was bar mitzvahed at 13, went to synagogue Friday and Saturday. I love Jewish history. I love reading uh, the Jewish Bible. I love being Jewish, but I wasn't really sure about the religion. And so I ended up going to college and ended up dropping out of college. And then my friend Ephraim Goldstein and I went all the way to the West Coast. Ephraim and I joined uh, his brother, uh, Baruch, and his friend, uh, Jan Moskowitz. And uh, so it was the Goldstein, Moskowitz, and Glazer. Sounds like a law firm. But uh, we, were, we were all there in uh, San Francisco, and we built a houseboat. All I can say is that it floated, but it wasn't pretty. And uh, we built it with drug money. I contracted with this guy to, to buy some uh, marijuana. Unfortunately, he wasn't really going to buy the marijuana. He was going to steal it. He and his friends had sawed off shotguns and handguns, and they tied us up. My whole life was, was in front of my eyes. One guy said, just kill him, just kill him. And the other guy said, no, let's just torch the place. Let's just burn it down. And I'm just sitting there with my hands tied and feeling the shotgun saying, I can't believe that I was willing to die for just a few hundred dollars. One of our friends who dropped out of college with us moved to California for a little while and then she disappeared. And during the time she disappeared, uh, we kind of tore down the houseboat, moved into San Francisco. And uh, one day she appeared. She kept telling us that uh, she had found God and that she had found Jesus and that the end of the world was coming. And I thought she was nuts. I thought she was Meshuggah. Ephraim kind of listened to her and, oh, that sounds pretty good. So the next thing I know, they both went up to Oregon, and I felt because I was raised a more traditional Jew that I could help them. 
So I went up to this Christian commune in Coos Bay, Oregon. I was gearing up for a fight, but they just wanted to be nice and smile all the time. So I didn't trust them at all. We were sitting at the, at the table, about 20, 25 people, country food, blackberry cobbler baking in the oven. Then all of a sudden, um, everybody kind of like fell asleep. Their heads went down. And then they all started holding hands. And I thought that was the strangest thing in the world. I thought it was just gonna be a seance. The old guy who was running the place, who kind of looked between a, an Amish guy and a Hasidic guy with, with a long beard, he just began talking up into thin air. For a minute, I thought he was talking to me, but I realized when he called me Lord that it wasn't me. I'd never heard anybody pray as if they were actually talking to God, and it was just striking for me. You know, I'd been belligerent, I'd been angry, and then all of a sudden, everything was kind of melting away because I sensed this presence in the room, and I began feeling smaller and smaller and smaller. You could almost touch it. It was palpable, this presence. And if there's one thing I never experienced growing up in a more religious Jewish home was this intimacy, this, this personal contact and relationship with God. And I just knew that this was the presence of God, and, and that changed me. Well, I got back from Oregon, and all I could think about was God and about Jesus. I said, God, if you're really there, show me. I was working in the Redwood Forest, and uh, one night, uh, I needed to make a phone call. I went down to uh, the phone booth, and I was kind of staring at the redwood trees because I'm very fidgety, and one of these moonbeams just kind of fell on the ledge where there should have been a phone book, and it was, it was, it was almost like it was glowing, and there, right there on that, on that ledge of the phone booth was, was a little book. I looked through it, and it said Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I honestly didn't know who these people were, and I started looking at it, and, I, and there in small print it said, Modern English Version of the New Testament. I'd asked God if he was real and how to get to him. Now I'm standing there with the New Testament glowing in the moonlight. I mean, what would you do? So I stole it. <laughs> well, I knew that God had left that New Testament there for me. And so I, I picked it up and began reading it, and I read it, read it over the next uh, few days. I read almost the whole thing. And, you know, I, I still expected Christians to be anti-Semitic and Jesus to be sort of the, the fountain of anti-Semitism. And the, the more I, I read, I realized Jesus was actually Jewish. And I knew that he was the Messiah that our, our people were waiting for, that I was waiting for. One of the things I loved the most about the New Testament was the, the way Jesus told stories. I felt like he was a, a street-smart New Yorker. I mean, he never answered a question simply. He always got to the heart of the matter. And, you know, you always saw pictures of Jesus on the cross, and he always looked so helpless, you know. But, but I met a very strong, powerful Jesus in the New Testament, and I was very drawn to him. When I accepted Jesus, I was, I was looking for the truth, and I knew that he was the truth. But I don't think I was looking for the truth about myself. I remember the day I realized I had sold drugs to teenagers. I was horrified at my, at my own soul. I, I don't think I understood enough about my own sin. I just began weeping and, uh, and repenting and asking God to forgive me. And then it took me a while, really, to even feel that, that God had forgiven me. I realized that believing in Jesus involved believing that he died for my sin. And throughout the years, I've just discovered that my life is the best way to demonstrate to my family and friends that I love them, I love God, and I love my people.
One of the greatest blessings a pastor can experience is having someone from his church uh, go into the ministry and maybe particularly to be a missionary. And I remember when Melissa Gutterson at that point, which unfortunately I still call her that from time to time, um, I remember when she went to Columbia for the first time and took trips there, and then she was there for a couple of years doing children's ministry, helping with the church there. I remember us taking a trip over there and surprising her with Miss Wilbur, who used to be our principal, and uh, just the, the joy on her face when we were able to come and to minister with her, and just to see her develop all throughout those years and see her passion. You know, I'll be honest, when, when young people are teenagers and they talk about missions and missionaries, you don't know really totally where they're at because life has a lot of changes when you go to college and things can take place, and it doesn't always turn out the way that they thought it would. Um, but that wasn't so with Melissa. She built everything around the mission that God called her on, and uh, they're there today uh, serving the Lord. And uh, so I'm grateful to be able to stand in front of you and be able to tell you uh, the great things that they're doing. We've been in recent contact with them as a missions committee, and uh, Chris and I have as well, and they're very dear to our hearts. And uh, God is doing great things through Juan and Melissa. And the fact that, you know, they both can speak Spanish, obviously Juan's a national and all that goes with that. But we're so grateful that they come from Faith Baptist Church and they're representing us on the Colombian field. And they just wanted to give us a, a few minutes of update on all the things that God is doing. And so um, they're going to share that with you now. Hello, family of Bay Baptist Church. Uh, this is Juan Santa Fe, one of your missionaries, and I'm so happy to make a video update uh, about ministry and how's everything going here in Colombia. As you know, this year we finally were able to launch our church. Um, we start first in a hotel, and then we moved to a place like seven weeks ago when we are able to renovate, to adequate everything for our celebration on Sundays and for using it for many other things. So I'm going to give you a tour of the house first, and then I'm going to explain what is the Lord doing here in Colombia. So go with me and enjoy the video.
you see the Lord has been blessing us so much with this church planting. We had a group of people that has been involved and has been connected to the Lord that wants to serve and we were able to renovate the place with them and it's a blessing. It is a blessing to have a new church here in Colombia. But also we have been working in a kicks ministry. As you know, Melissa is an expert working with kicks and we were able to work for the last two months and a half in a kicks camp that we want to show you and we want to give you an overview of what we did during the last week that we were in camp. So work with me. Thank you, family of Bay Baptist Church. We are so grateful to have a church like you that support our ministry to see what the Lord has been doing here in Colombia. And we are here thanks to you and all the support that you have from you for all the families that we that support our ministry there in, in, in New Jersey. And we thank you. Thank you so much. God has been blessing this ministry and we have been seeing people committed to the Lord. Uh, kids committed to the Lord and extends to families and a church that support our ministry. So we thank you. We hope that you are having a wonderful, wonderful missions month and God bless you and hope to see you soon. Bye bye. Let's pray for the Santa Fe's. Father, we're so thankful 
that we could send Juan and Melissa out from our church and to have them to be able to minister in Columbia for the sake of the gospel. Continue to bless them. Lord, I've seen pictures of the new church tent they want to put up and the property and all that they're planning to do with the many people and couples that are coming and the children's ministry that's growing. God, continue to have your heavy hand of blessing upon them. As they plant this church, they might make a difference in the lives of Colombian people for eternity. Lord, we ask truly for their protection. They've already had uh, a, a difficult experience in that way. We know that Thessalonians says not all men have faith. So we pray that you'll watch over, protect them, continue to provide for them. May they be fearless, bold, and courageous, knowing that Jesus has conquered our greatest problem, sin and hell and death. And God, may they have confidence in that as they continue to serve you there. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to listen and worship to a song that I think is the heartbeat of every missionary. And it should be of every child of God who's on mission with the Lord. And that is that others would see Jesus in us. After we listen and worship with this song, Brent's going to come and share with us about the Duvalls. Take away the melodies Take away the songs I sing Take away all the lies And all the songs you let me write Does the man I am today Say the words you need to say Let them see See you in me. 
I'd like to take just a minute and, and say how excited I am that the church has introduced this new missions display board in the back. <clears throat> uh, it's a way for everybody to go up during the year and catch up on their missionaries and what's happening with their ministries. Um, I'd like to take just a minute and just get a show of hands. Who has gone up and actually played with the missions display board? Can we write these names down? No. Um, that's great. Uh, in fact, this Sunday morning, uh, when I was standing back there, I saw a group of, of young people uh, hovered around and touching the buttons and looking up their missionary uh, information, and that was really exciting for me. Uh, so I, don't, I would encourage anyone that hasn't gone up to, uh, to go up, even after the service tonight, just go up and press those buttons and look up some missionary things, watch a video, read a newsletter. Um, it's uh, all touchscreen. It's very easy to use. Now, uh, Jeff and Deanne Duvall, here they are, are, are missionaries to Ecuador, as you know, and um, they've been there uh, ministering in Ecuador for many, many, many years. And we've had the privilege as a church of supporting them for many years. Uh, Jeff currently has uh, been the pastor for four years of a church plant in La Conexion, uh, called La Conexion Peninsular in La Libertad, Ecuador. Um, and if you know anything about the Duvals, you know how devoted they are to, uh, to lost people, to reaching the lost people through various uh, methods, and uh, how devoted they are uh, and loyal to, their, um, to the Ecuadorians. So the Duvals have created a little video for us, so let's see what's happening in their lives. Hey everybody, it's your missionary Jeff Duvall here in the Guayaquil Airport. Uh, spent a lot of time here this year. We have a love-hate relationship with the airport. This morning I just sent my wife back to the United States for a short amount of time to be with my kids while we're in our Tactica training. But stay tuned, I want to just tell you a little bit about what's been going on here in the ministry in Ecuador. In November, it was a joy to baptize five believers. We baptized down at the ocean, which is just eight blocks from our church. We also ministered to more than 1,100 police officers in Resilience Charles, talking about our faith, family, friends, food, and fun. As we teach first about faith, it is a full presentation of the gospel, and it is that faith that touches every other areas of our lives.
les gustan programas? ¿Ninguna? Solo una. Qué bueno. In August, we were privileged to receive two new missionary families, God answering our Matthew 9:38 prayers here in Ecuador. Wesley Cranenberg, currently living in Ecuador with uh, two of my children and my wife, Jessica. We're serving alongside Jeff and Dan Duvall, and we've got other families here as well. We are serving the people, being God's hands and feet, and just like these waves crashing in, uh, the people here are just bombarded with with life in so many ways, and we want to bring the gospel, and uh, that's our mission here. Hey everybody, we're the Norris family, and we are here in Ecuador serving alongside uh, Jeff and Deanne, and I'm Elijah. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Rayleigh. Rayleigh. I'm Altman. Altman ah. and Cadence, and we are super excited to be here in Ecuador serving alongside our teammates and uh, doing what the Lord has called us here to do. And we appreciate every one of your prayers and support that you give to our team. Thank you. Bye. Bye. On my way to training, I had the privilege of preaching at La Conexión Cumbaya today. That was the first church that we planted with Patricio and Katia Narvaez. What a blessing to see it under national leadership with Pastor Eric at the helm and so many good friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. Hey everybody, we appreciate your prayers. We are starting in Guano, Ecuador today on a course with 66 police officers. Two different courses, one of intervention of Alzatante Activo, mobile active shooter, and another one in tactical medicine. Do pray for us. Thank you for standing together with us on bended knees, serving here in Ecuador. You are a blessing to us. Let's pray for the Duvalls and some prayer requests they have. Our gracious Heavenly Father, uh, <clears throat> we're just humbled to come before your holy throne and uh, know we can reach you anytime through prayer, through, through our Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the Duvalls and lift up to you prayer requests that they have. First for La Connection uh, Peninsular, Lord, and uh, for a spiritual growth and discipleship, Father, for, their, for the men at their church. We lift up uh, the men of the church, Father, and pray uh, out of those, out of those uh, men, Lord, that you would just bring leaders who would be able to uh, lead, the, lead the ministry and, and work uh, alongside Jeff in, uh, in providing uh, support and evangelism and and discipleship as well. We lift up to you the uh, the Thursday men's discipleship uh, meeting that they that they have, and just pray, Lord, that you'd bless that meeting, bring many many men from the church to it, that uh, that uh, they may become leaders. And Lord, we do lift up to you those two couples uh, that we saw in the video. Um, that are now in uh, Ecuador and uh, actually working in Santa Elena, Ecuador, at a, uh, in a, a new place there, but working with Jeff and Deval, Jeff and Deanne. And um, Lord, we just pray that uh, you'd 
help uh, Jeff and Deanne, just to help them acclimate to the new culture, uh, to uh, know what their roles are in, uh, in their ministry there in Santa Elena, as well as, Father, to make relationships with people there that could be the uh, foundation for a new church. Uh, and, Lord, we lift up to you the uh, wonderful opportunity you've blessed Jeff with which is working with police officers and military by the thousands in, uh, in Ecuador. Uh, what a special opportunity, handing out Bibles, uh, doing, doing evangelistic outreaches, training. Uh, you put them in a very special position, and we just uh, pray, Lord, that you'd bless that ministry in a mighty, mighty way this, come, this year. Um, and we thank you, Lord, for... Uh, the uh, eight souls saved that we were told about recently uh, at a, um, a tactical uh, training session and evangelistic outreach that happened. Uh, Lord, grow those men up in you, and please uh, uh, keep Satan from taking away their, uh, their newfound faith. Uh, uh, Lord, and we just thank you so much for, uh, for blessing them, and uh, please just lead and guide them in their, in their ministry. Lord, uh, what a wonderful uh, couple they are and how you've just blessed them in a mighty, mighty way in, in Ecuador. And we thank you for it. In Christ's name, amen. Tonight, we'd like to look at the Alonzos. They've been with us for quite a number of years. They started in Columbia, which we visited them at. And then they were in Miami for a little while as well. And uh, now they recently, a number of months ago, have moved to chart, start a church plant in Puerto Rico. So we're going to hear from them tonight before we close. Hello, dear supporters. This is Jose Alonso, your missionary to Latin America. And this is the video edition of our newsletter. This summer has been very eventful. It has been like the harvest summer because we have been working for months and in some cases for over a year to be able to accomplish a couple of big projects. The first big project that we were able to see come to fruition is a new church in the Dominican Republic. We have been working for over a year with an amazing team of people in a city called Bani, 45 minutes west of Santo Domingo. And um, that, the team there is just incredible, great people, and we were able to launch the new church there. So that has been an incredible uh, success for us. Uh, and the second church that we have been working on for months is a church in Havana. So finally, we were able to accomplish that church as well. We uh, did a strategic partnership with a group of pastors there, and now the church is moving forward. And all this while we continue working in our church in Puerto Rico. Now, we were also able during the summer to do uh, four different couples conferences with Karina. We were able to do one in Guatemala, another one in Dominican Republic, another one in Cuba, and another one in Colombia. So God continues to work in marriages and in couples through these conferences, and we were very blessed to see that happen. The next big thing that we were able to celebrate in the month of May was the Global Conference 2023. For this conference, we were able to gather over 200 leaders from eight different countries from the churches that my wife and I have planted. This is our fellowship of churches and leaders from all those churches, some of them met for the first time. We had an incredible time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. 
right there in Bogota, Colombia. It was a memorable event that uh, brought a lot of glory to God and we rejoiced greatly to see what the Lord has been doing all over Latin America in all of our years of ministry. This was like a graduation ceremony for us. So we praise the Lord for that amazing opportunity. I also decided to start a theology class for Spanish speakers and over 50 people showed up and it is a 10 week course and people are excited, growing in their faith. New people are coming and um, joining the class every week. So we are super excited. I have been developing a program um, about theological foundations of the Christian faith. And soon, for the next prayer letter, you will have uh, the picture of the book because now it's in the printing press. Um, and we pray that this book will be a blessing throughout Latin America and the Spanish-speaking world, even in the U.S to train people in the basic theological concepts that everybody, every believer should know. As a family, the Lord also gave us an incredible opportunity to celebrate one of the most memorable events in the life of our family. Our oldest daughter, Daniela, got married and we celebrated her wedding in Miami and it was just such a blessed event where we got together with our friends, with our family members, and two families joined together to become one. And that was such a beautiful event. And we praise God for all of you who joined us uh, through the online ceremony. And also, thank you for your prayers and for your love. Also, Karina uh, finished her classes on her master's degree on uh, mental health counseling. So now she's doing her practicum hours and her internship. So please continue praying for her as she's almost done with the full degree to become a professional uh, licensed counselor. Our church in Puerto Rico continues to grow. And after a year of gathering in the backyard of a house, we finally were able to sign a lease for a full year for a place where we can gather about 200 people. So we pray that the Lord will fill this place soon and we're very thankful for all your prayers and support. Thank you so much for loving us, for keeping us in your prayers, for continuing supporting our ministry, not only with your prayers and your love, but also financially. God bless you all and see you next time. Let's stand together. We'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for the Alonzos. Thank you for all the work they're doing in all kinds of places in Latin America, reaching Spanish-speaking people, and all that they're doing right there in Puerto Rico. Continue to, Lord, use them to train people, to teach people, to evangelize people, to build churches. Uh, Lord, we're thankful that all of our missionaries, as well as Faith Baptist Church, can be confident in this, that we are in an unstoppable mission. May that be our, our prayer. May it be our motive, even as we go out into the world to reach them with the gospel this week. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You are dismissed.